Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And Lindsay, today is going to be a really good one, I think. I happened across this and I'm familiar with one of the characters in the story that we think might be haunting the place. I had never actually heard of this until just recently. Oh. Well, I, you mentioned to me earlier what person might be haunting. I don't know what location we're covering, but I'm familiar with some of the background here. So I'm interested to hear more. So as a bit of a hint to those of you that may be into true crime, one of the nicknames for this hotel is the Axeman's Lair. And he might be haunting it. And this is actually in New Orleans, which I mean, there's so many hauntings there. This is your haunted holiday at the Haunted Hotel of New Orleans at 623 Ursulines. Now, Lindsay, this place is not subtle and they clearly embrace their ghosts because the actual name of this location is the Haunted Hotel of New Orleans. It's it's all about the ghosts here, really. It's so funny because for our listeners sake, as soon as we cut after that intro and I heard the name of the place we're covering today, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's actually called the Haunted Hotel? Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> it is, oddly enough. So how I had not heard of this, I have no idea. But I have heard some of the backstory, like I said, about this Axeman serial killer that I'm going to get into a little bit. And to give you some background, this is a very old place. It is almost 200 years old. It was built originally in 1829. It was essentially a mansion down in the French Quarter. So a very cool location, close to Bourbon Street, close to all the happenings down there. And it was a beloved residence by a woman named Mamie is I think how you pronounce her name and she was actually known for saying that she swore she would never leave her beloved home and spoiler alert she probably is still there <laughs> spoiler alert I like that but yeah that's so cool I mean it's cool that it's near Bourbon Street sounds like it's in a good location I mean gosh there's it's it was built in 1829 i mean what more can you say it's it's haunted <laughs> that's my rule of thumb right it's, it's, it's been around a while exactly it's been around a long time in a city that has a lot of notorious history around it and i mean literally standing from the patio of this place you can see all kinds of interesting historic residents places where in new orleans they say vampires were across the street there's also a house uh from the house of the rising sun that they think that song was based on very close so i mean it's just in a very neat location with a lot of history everywhere so mamie ended up dying in her bedroom so we'll talk about that here in a little bit in the early 1900s, it actually ended up getting converted from a private residence and moved into a hotel. 
one of the things that this hotel claims, and I really can't validate it, although, you know, it's probably true. They claim there has been approximately a dozen murders in this place over the course of the couple hundred years that this building has been here. Now, I personally do not know who died here, when. It is pretty darn vague on the website itself, so I would be really interested in actually going here and asking them to give me more detail about that. But I mean, they're essentially like, people have died here. We have a body count is their claim. Wow, I mean, it it could be, it'd be great though. Too bad there's not a lot more information out there, right? Right. Now what this place is most famous for is the potential, and we don't even know for sure about this, but we believe this place might have ties to the Axeman of New Orleans. And if you're not familiar with the Axeman of New Orleans, that he basically was a serial killer that started killing people in 1918 for about a year through 1919. And he really like wreaked havoc and did this reign of terror on the city where essentially what he would do is he would enter people's homes in the middle of the night when they were sleeping. He would grab a weapon there, which just happened to usually be an ax. And he would make his way into their room and bash people's heads in with this ax. I mean, I guess back then maybe people had more axes in their houses. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people with axes like in their garage or their shed, you know, but you think back then in like New Orleans, downtown New Orleans, I mean, people are probably living in kind of tight living quarters. You know, it's surprising to me that there tend to be that many people with axes in their homes. But I mean, I could be way off. That could just be normal. They could be chopping wood to stay warm. There you go. There's your answer, I guess. But I think it was pretty common back then. That didn't really strike me as unusual. What strikes me more unusual is that there is this guy running around the town killing people with their own axes and people still have axes. Like, as soon as I heard that, I would be like, okay, this axe is going in the trash. Like, I'm... (laughs) Or it's sitting right next to me where this guy can't sneak in and get a hold of it. I will be the one with the axe far as I'm concerned when I go to bed at night. We'll you know. see how that works out when he sneaks in and grabs oh, it while you're sleeping. Terrifying. It is bizarre, but people needed their axe probably back then. There's a reason they all had them. I would have gotten rid of it. I would have survived without an axe. I or I, so. Or maybe I would have just borrowed the neighbors, like gotten rid of mine and been like, hey neighbor, can I borrow your axe? He would have found something though. Probably, because he didn't always use an axe, although that was the most common thing that he did find in people's house to murder them with. And he would usually, not always, leave the axe behind. There was at least one murder where they found that the axe was completely missing after somebody had been found to be attacked by this murderer, and they never found out where that axe was. Eventually, what's... What else is kind of surprising about this is he would attack people in their sleep and some people actually lived. There was a total of approximately 12 different attacks that occurred over this year, six of which actually ended up dying. So 
his ratio for actually killing people wasn't that great. But even if they lived, I mean, their heads were like severe. They were severely injured, typically, mm-hmm. right? It's so interesting because, you know, you and I watch and listen to a lot of true crime stuff. And it's, this is sounding really morbid, but, you know, the fact that this guy put the effort in, he clearly, you know, was a serial killer, liked to kill people. It's harder than you would think to kill someone because people are resilient. You know, our bodies can handle a lot. And so, granted, it just... It, it, it takes more than you could think, I, I believe, is what I've heard other serial killers say in interviews. Um, so it's interesting that about half of his victims survived. Yeah, that's pretty dark. But at least about Very half of them, half of them lived. Yeah. Now in March, he actually. So the city's terrified, right? Like they're sleeping, they're hanging out. The men have their rifles out. They're ready for some dude to come creeping into their home and try to kill them with an axe so everybody's terrified already but in march the local newspaper receives a letter from somebody claiming to be the axe man and this is where it gets even stranger because he's basically terrorizing this city further but in a very bizarre way so let me read you portions of this letter esteemed mortal They have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible. Even as the ether which surrounds your earth, I am not a human being, but a spirit and a fell demon from hottest hell. I am what you Orlinians and your foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come again and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except perhaps my bloody axe besmeared with the blood and brains of whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way in which they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid so as to amuse not only me, but his satanic majesty. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they never were born than for them to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure that your police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know who to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orlinians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished to, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.25 o'clock, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to the people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose house a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. 
If everyone has a jazz band going, well then so much the better for the people. One thing is certain, and that is some of those persons who do not jazz it on Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. That don't jazz it. (laughs) I mean, what an ominous, crazy message. I mean, so this guy's claiming he's not even a human, really. He's a spirit, a demon. That is the claim of this crazy person. And he essentially tells everybody, you need to play jazz at like 1225. The date actually is March 19th, 1919, that he's insisting everybody play jazz. And apparently, like everybody did, like the whole city was playing jazz records out like they did not want just in case to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I mean, I would definitely be playing some jazz. I would right too. Now. Blaring that out my windows. Exactly. So they did. And actually, nobody was murdered that night. His last murder was several months later in October 1919. And they never discovered who the killer was. He just kind of stopped axing people or moved away or something but to this day there's a ton of different theories out there about who this potential axe man could be but let's get back to the hotel for a second because years later they were renovating this hotel and what they found hidden in the wall was a bloody axe they suspect that there was a handyman that was living in this hotel that was renting out like a back room, like a tiny little storage area in the back, and that he was the actual axe man, is what they think, and that he had hidden his axe in that wall, and it was only discovered years later. Wow. So in this hotel that we're covering, you know, he was possibly living there you know what i'm wondering too because this was 1919 1918 time and he just kind of moved on when were the folks in Velisca murdered because wasn't that also an axe used from their home so i actually had a similar thought about it because it wasn't that far off Velisca axe murders happened in 1912 so this was about six years later it could be the same loon that is like hopping on a train going from town to town and just ended up in New Orleans at some point because we don't know who that murderer is either. Right, right. I mean, it's a leap. I get it, guys. I know you all are listening out there saying, yeah, right. But, I mean, I don't know. It just hit me. I mean, it was that family that was murdered. It was their axe. He left it behind, right? I mean, these are kind of similar things. Clearly someone who kills and moves on in this case they stuck around new orleans for at least a year who knows where the heck they went but you know what maybe they are a demon who the heck we just don't know because these are unsolved crimes well the axe that they found that is bloodied in the wall is now on display in the hotel's lobby just to give you an idea of what the ambiance is looking like there you can check out the axe man's potential axe have a very comfortable night's sleep, and hopefully see some ghosts. (music) 
This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine-tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. Okay, Lindsay, so like we said, this place clearly embraces their ghosts. That's really what this place is all about. And they want you to experience something here. And in fact, I think the website makes some pretty big claims. You know how we talk about it like it's whale watching. Mm -hmm. You just never know what you're going to experience. I mean, this place isn't guaranteeing that you're going to see something, but they say the odds of it are pretty darn good. This is what their website literally says, Lindsay. The haunted hotel at 623 Ursulines is New Orleans' oldest and best-known haunted hotel. Home of many murders dating back hundreds of years, few guests leave the hotel without seeing a ghost. Many can't stomach an entire night. A few guests have sadly not even made it out alive. Are you brave enough to weather an entire night? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So without seeing a ghost, when they say seeing a ghost to me, that says full body apparition, right? Which is extremely rare. What a cool thing to have happen, right? But maybe they're meaning really like they're not having... Most people are having an experience more than likely, right? Not seeing something necessarily, but they're coming across something unusual. Yeah, I would agree with that. So this place they believe is inhabited by two primary spirits. The first one being the former owner who said she was never going to leave her beloved home. Well, of course, she is probably still there. And they say that she actually passed away in her bedroom there. And that's where you are going to get most of the activity from her. And they say that she is a very active poltergeist and likes to make herself known to people that are staying in her room. A lot of people in that room in particular do not make it through the entire night. Like they actually will leave in the middle of the night just because of the amount of activity going on. Some of the things that you're gonna wanna look for in this room is from the window when nobody is in the room, from the outside, sometimes you can see the light turning on and off and that can happen at any time of night. When you are in the room itself, they do say that the lights flicker quite a bit, which could be an electrical issue. This is an old building, so I don't wanna say that's a ghost right away, but something interesting to look for. 
objects that you bring to this room will disappear and reappear without any explanation. And they also say that she kind of seems to mess with the bed a little bit. Like you might leave the room, come back, and the pillows look maybe a little bit ruffled as if somebody had been laying there resting their head while you had walked away. Creepy. Now, this is the primary apparition that you do want to look for while you are here. They say that her apparition appears misty and kind of hovering, particularly in that room. And sometimes this apparition will actually speak. And what people hear her say is, who are you? Mm, Like, who are you? What are you doing in my house? Exactly. Like, get out of here is basically, you know, kind of what this spirit appears to be telling people to do and wanting to know why they're there. I mean, it makes sense. You know, can you imagine if you passed on for whatever reason your spirit was still lingering in your home and all of a sudden some new people come in? But not only do new people come in, but they renovate, they've turned it into a hotel and you've got like new people every day. It's got to be confusing, right? I mean... It's hard to say what their perspective is, but I can understand why she's feeling this way. Exactly. So she seems to be confused for the most part, I think is a really good way to put it. But not necessarily mean from what I've read, just very active, which, you know, I mean, if a ghost is moving stuff around your room and turning off the lights, I mean, that's going to freak you out whether they're a nice spirit or not sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Now, the other spirit is, of course, the Axeman, and this spirit is not as nice. The The biggest report of the Axeman, I, I have not been able to find much about, is his apparition seen? Is he, like, maliciously attacking people? I didn't see a lot about that. But what you see is how people feel when they enter the premises. There are a lot of people that will walk onto the property and immediately panic with this sense of uneasiness that they just cannot handle. And they really do believe that this feeling is attributed to that negative energy of that serial killer, the Axeman who was staying here and they believe to be haunting it. There is a room that has since been renovated and this is essentially where the Axeman stayed. The room itself is much larger, only a portion of the room because he was renting kind of like a small little back area. A small corner area of the room is where he would have actually been. But you're in the Axeman's room nonetheless and you can actually rent that out and people feel pretty ominous there as well as on the patio itself they say they have this feeling of almost like dread right away the most interesting story i was able to find about the axeman's room was march 19th 2019 and that is exactly 100 years since everybody was asked to jazz it And play that jazz music to keep from being murdered by this guy. To jazz it. I just can't get over that. (laughs) Jazz it. Jazz it up, folks. (laughs) So on this day, just a couple years ago, people had rented out the Axeman's room. They go in there and apparently there's just hundreds of flies. So they leave and they go to the front desk and they're like, there are tons of flies in that room. We just cannot stay there axeman or no axeman we we can't do that and the front desk people were confused because they were like what do you mean there's lots of flies like we just cleaned it out there can't be lots there's nothing in there 
you know, with flies. So they go in there and sure enough, they confirm that there are hundreds of flies, but not just hundreds of flies. They're all congregated in the exact corner where they say the axe man lived. And the fact that it was a hundred years to the day is very interesting. I agree. That's really creepy. And I mean, we know flies and bugs and stuff. They say, I don't know how true this is, but you know, they say that can be a sign of demonic behavior. Yeah. And this guy claimed to be a demon during yeah. like his regular life. Maybe he's trying to manifest in that way. It's so interesting that he claimed to be a demon to me because the whole idea of a demon just terrifies me just in general. I don't like going to locations that are haunted supposedly with demons. I just, it just scares me, um, the idea of it. But I find it fascinating that this guy said that because, I mean, maybe he was. I don't know. It just makes me think, like, maybe there's something to it, you know, or maybe he was possessed by something. I, I don't know. It's I just think- so fascinating. I think he probably had a mental illness like schizophrenia or or maybe he was just evil and trying to scare people. That's what these bad that's, people do. He's, you know, like you said, totally you, right. Yeah. You are scared of demons. So why not put that in a letter to scare some people even more, especially back in 1919 where people, you know, very much go to I mean people still go to church of course, but it, it was a much bigger thing back then right. as well, you know. Uh, right, right. You're, you're, no, you're totally right. I mean, rationally, that's exactly pro- the more likely scenario is that this guy is just a sick person, serial killer, um, trying to spread terror through the city, and he's enjoying it. Yeah, right, exactly. So, Lindsay, obviously this is a ghost-themed location. Now, however, it could be so much more eclectic. We talked about the Axeman's Axe being in the lobby. They have a framed letter so you can read that. Like, it is very much focused on the Axeman. The steps in one section of it are actually painted almost like a deep blood red color in homage to the Axeman, but it's not like terrifying looking. It actually looks quaint and kind of nice. I'm shocked by this. (laughs) I was also shocked by this. In looking at the photos, I mean, when you first walk in there, there is a really nice courtyard area with tables and benches. Like it's kind of serene. It's a lot like what you might see in a courtyard in Savannah, Georgia, for example. Okay. So very nice. When you're in the rooms themselves, it's definitely boutique. It is no Holiday Inn Express, so it's not just like a standard room for sure. But it's been updated. The bedding looks white with nice linens and clean. And it does not look super eclectic at all. It looks very much like a standard older like bed and breakfast almost. Okay, very good. I like that. I think that's the best kind of place to ghost hunt because you can go, it's comfortable, kind of a cool room and an old historic place, and it's haunted even better. Agreed. I I actually was pleasantly surprised because, I mean, there 
There is something fun about going to a really strange location with strange decor, okay? Sure. I mean, that makes for a fun story, but it also makes for not so comfortable a stay, whereas this place truly does look comfortable to me. Some of the things on the website, I read one thing from the website earlier where they're saying most people see something here, essentially. Their FAQs also had some funny stuff, of course, like what time is checkout and check-in and all of that. But they had a couple questions on there that I wanted to mention because I thought they were funny. Is room service available was one of the questions. And the answer was, no, the bellhop was murdered. (laughs) I like it. They're embracing the whole haunting. I get it. I mean, I have a feeling one of those dozen of murderers was probably the bellhop at some point. I feel like maybe it could have been. They need to share more about what happened there. Exactly. Another question on there was just very simple. Good question. Is it safe? (laughs) Because they talk about, you know, people have been murdered there. And they say safe from criminals, yes. Safe from ghosts, absolutely not. I I love it actually. Like I think I love how they're embracing this and they're just they're just going all in on these ghosts. I think it's great. Totally. It is great. And pricing does vary a little bit, I guess, based on the time of year that you're going, what the demand is, but for most rooms it appears that it's about $150 a night to stay here. Considering the fact that you're in the French Quarter, kind of downtown, close to Bourbon Street, you're going to get an awesome ghost hunt. I think that is pretty reasonable. The rooms look pretty nice based on the location. I think it's totally doable. Now, I did not see a way to kind of pick different things like the Axeman's room or Mamie's room. So for that purpose, I would recommend that you call them and try to book it that way. However, I do believe those rooms get booked up pretty quick. So if you are planning on staying here and want to stay in one of those particular rooms, make sure you try to book well ahead of time. That's good advice. I will say too, you know, Lisa and I, along with our good friend Megan, have been trying to go to New Orleans since right before the pandemic hit. We had like a a whole May uh, trip to uh, New Orleans booked and we were going to stay in a haunted hotel, of course. We were even going to drive up and stay a night at the Myrtles Plantation, but we we had to cancel all of that. So we're we've got to do it eventually. Like we we've been just all dying to get down to New Orleans. So maybe this is one that we throw in there. Maybe we spend one night. I don't know that I want to spend like the whole time there because I like to get some sleep because this place sounds pretty scary. But maybe like a night would be kind of fun to stay in Mamie's room. Yes. All right. Well, for our last segment of the show, I do want to do a follow-up email from our friend Aaliyah, who sent us the original recommendation for the Palace Hotel, um, which we covered several weeks ago. And so she sent us a follow-up about her experience there as far as her actual stay. She even sent us some pictures. It looks really cute in those photos. Like they've got cute wallpaper and stained glass windows. I mean, it's They just have it put together really well. But okay, so here's Aaliyah's update about the Palace Hotel. And 
how her stay went and and what her experience was. So she says, first, the bed was so big and comfortable that we almost didn't want to go out. And for a fully booked hotel, we never heard so much as a TV or a single person. Now down to the spooky happenings. Around 9 p.m., we were watching TV and heard a loud, mournful cry of a woman. I told Joe to mute the TV and the sound immediately stopped. I went out of our room, the former madam's room was where they were staying, and there was nothing. Two steps out and I could see the haunted painting, which as you might remember, has been said to have mournful cries coming from it. Ooh, I just got chills. Get back in and we both saw what looked like a shadow of a person walk by the mirror. An hour later, the rocking chair started to almost imperceptibly move. I went over and jumped around to see how easy it was to make it move, then sat in it. The minute I did, I was covered in full body chills. And my husband at the exact same time said, get out of that chair. I don't think you should do that. Then when we kept seeing a shadow person out of our eyes, out of the corner of our eyes, my husband spoke out loud to Marie saying she could talk to us any way she wanted to. I said to tickle Joe's feet as he is super ticklish. We were both looking at the mirror and I felt someone lightly drag their nail down my arm and my husband saw almost a full body apparition walk from the bed to the mirror. There was also some very bizarre bird activity all around our vast windows with crows and seagulls sitting for hours just watching us until almost 10 p.m. I can't wait to go back. <laughs> wow, that sounds like an amazing experience at the Palace Hotel. The birds thing is really creepy, actually. Really creepy. I love that because remember, we talked about that painting, folks. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out. But there's that painting in the hallway that's supposed to have crying and all kinds of creepy things associated. So it sounds like Aaliyah went and stayed and had an amazing time at the hotel. And it sounds like, you know, they embraced it and they kind of, her husband sounds awesome that he can go and ghost hunt with her like that. I mean, how lucky is she? I know. Now we need to find people that will go ghost hunting with us. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the goal. <laughs> That's a prerequisite. <laughs> yes. All right, Aaliyah, thank you so much for sending us that follow-up email with your with your experience it just made our day to read that we kind of cracked up but also really enjoyed it it's fun to hear that people are going out to these places and having experiences um, if you all want to send us your experience at one of the haunted places we've covered you know or maybe you even have a recommendation or even you just have a ghost story you want to tell us about a place we have not covered send it our way go to yourhauntedholiday.com hit contact us send us an email uh with with the details and we'll get back to you and maybe even read it out like we did Aliyah's message here if you're enjoying the show make sure to give us five stars where you're listening um, and leave a comment we appreciate those it helps us engage more listeners they see that we're worth listening to when they see a high rating and that people are enjoying the show also you can find us on facebook instagram twitter youtube Feel free to reach out. We love hearing from folks and have a great week. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.